um, to pick up this morning and to uh, finish my week here, I want to continue with the thought where I left off yesterday about the, the Jesus calling followers and not the and not followers coming coming to to, to to the rabbi and asking may I follow you and he puts them through the test and if he comes up to his qualifications he says yes now the teacher that I studied with that taught me this is a calvinist very strong and he told me that that verse there at the last supper where Jesus said you have Remember, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. He said we were wrong about that verse. And then he made sure that I know that I, not about predestination, but about that verse. He still think, thinks that. So I strongly feel that this, the idea of Jesus calling followers to follow him, the ones who didn't make it in anybody else's school, is a strong biblical view that the gospel is open for everyone. It's the ones who, the ones who don't think they have what it, Jesus uses those. Before we go further, everybody stand and let's sing our, our song. And by the way, this song, you can, it's, it's page 402 in your, in, in, in your song books too if you want to use it. John, is this my, my pitch piper or is this yours? All right. Far down the ages now, much of her journey done, the pilgrim church pursues her way until the crown be
Say these words after me. Shema Israel. Adonai Aleheinu. Adonai Achad. Ve'ahavta et Adonai Eloecha. V'chol lavavcha. U'v'chol nafshecha. U'v'chol meodecha. Ve'ahavta reyacha. Kamoka. Amen. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord the God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to leave this week and having this burning passion, if I can somehow, by the power of the Holy Spirit, implanted in your heart. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. There's nothing else left, is it? It's everything, our whole being, our life, how we think, is consumed, and also remember to love your neighbor as yourself. If you, do, if you do those two, you are in the kingdom of God as God had established it with Adam and Eve. That's the passion I want to leave w with you. Now, if we could have the lights back. Uh, I got a few uh, slides I will show here, but not until later on. Let's do a little re recap and, and, and look at where we were at yesterday. Yesterday, I left with the story of Timothy. Now, in 1 John 2, 6, John, one of the young men that Jesus called, wrote this. Well, let's turn to it. 1 John 2, 2 6. saith he abideth in Christ, in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And as I told you before, I love the King James, but that's one area, one verse that I struggle with it, because the closest translation that I can get if I study the, 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 the Greek is whoever claims to be in him must walk as Jesus walked. Here it says, ought to. The Greek implies there is absolutely no other way. No other, I mean, there, it's not possible. If you claim to be in Jesus, you will walk as he walked, or the proof is you're not in Christ Jesus. That's 1 John 2, 2, 2, 6. And a follower, a disciple, a young man that followed Jesus wrote that. Now in Galilee... The slide I do not have. It's up in my, in, in my room. 
in Galilee, they established a, a uh, culture. See, remember, yesterday I told you the Galilean Jews and the Judean Jews were from the same, from the same tri- or originally from, from Judah before B- Babylon came. But the, Jew, the Judean Jews came back earlier than the Galilean Jews. And while the Galilean Jews were in, in Babylon in freedom, they established um, a, a, a few things. They, they established rabbi d- 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 discipleship. And they also established something else that I think is one of the main reasons, not one of the main reasons, but a reason that God placed Jesus in Galilee. And it's called insula. Now, insula in the King James is always translated household. Now, when a Jewish young man marries a Jewish lady, the young lady, this is a long story, but I'm going to shorten it, the young lady always comes to the young man's home. Okay, and the young man builds a house onto his father's house, a living room. It's not that the, the mother and the father live here, and their son and son marries, and him and his wife move five miles away. That setting in Galilee, in, in, in Capernaum, uh, Bethsaida, um, Chorazin, that was the main focus. I mean, that, in those three cities was where that was mainly seen. And Jesus came and chose disciples out of those cities. Bethsaida... Some people say is the home of, for sure, six. And some people argue as much as nine of Jesus' followers came out of Bethsaida. Now, why did he pick so many from one place? Well, I, and their, their, their focus in that little Jewish setting was very much community. They would come home. They would, they would bring their wife home and build a structure onto their father's house. And they would all work in the same trade. Grandpa, dad, and son, and grandson would all help each other grind wheat or press olives. Okay, they would all help each other as a family function. And it's called insula, but our King James translates that household. The, the, when, when Paul and Silas were in, in, in prison and the Philippian jailer said, what shall I do? Paul says, repent and you will be saved, you and your household. His family center, his... Does that make sense? That's, Jesus came to such a, 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 a setting... And, it, and it's, if, if you see how it works, and by the way, Jews are, even though they are, I, I believe they're wrong, and not, not seeing that Jesus is the, is the promised one, Jews are very, very, very fam, 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 family-minded. The father spends a lot of time with his sons, and it, it, it's, it's real nice. Now, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. And we will leave that. I just wanted to put that, 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 that in there. That I believe one of the reasons Jesus came to those settings was those little, 
those little, the young men knew what it meant to live communally. When Jesus came to establish his kingdom, he went to people who knew how to live communally to build his church. Because his church functions the same way. We are one. And I love the way John brought that out. A city is a community of people, not individualism. Okay? Turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and 41. So 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4, 35. Now, here's a slide I want to show you. This is the picture of the Sea of Galilee. I am standing on the northwest part of the sea, looking over. Remember this first day, or was the second day that I told you, the land of the seven. It was a pagan land. Right? Remember? That's the land of the seven. Okay? Now, Jesus sat on a hillside, can you imagine that? And fed 4,000. Had to be a mile from that little hill. I mean, the Bible, the Bible places him right there. I mean, I, I'm not specifically saying that's where it was, but he was in that general realm. Okay. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also among him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. Now, Mark, or Luke, Luke, uses the word abyss, the Greek word abyss, to define the sea. Abyss means it's a form of hell. Okay? And that's literally a picture that the Jews had of hell. Because in the water, if, if you study the pagan gods, water is always a source from the underworld, from the Hades. So water, in their mind, was a picture of just a... A, a, a picture of hell. It wasn't. It, they didn't think it was hell, but it was their symbol of it. And that's why one of the reasons Jews are not see, 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 see people. If this would be over here, there would be houses all the way around it, and we'd go to the beach and swim. That's not how, how they are. Now that's why fishing is such a degrading job. John, one of Jesus' followers, later would write a book called Revelation. And in that book, he would say, in heaven there, we, there will be no more sea. Why? Why? We wouldn't have. Death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Makes, there is no sea. Now, there is a sea of glass, which is something else. But <coughs> John understood that. Now, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Now, there arose a great storm. Of wind, and the waves and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep. 
And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, Master, careth thou not that we perish? And he arose, Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Shalom, peace, be still. Now listen, now look what it says. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 107, verse 29. This is talking about God. 107, 29. God, He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Now, why did Jesus calm that storm, if you ask me? Number one, he wanted to save them. But I think that he was bringing out in his human life that he is God. Because, because the psalm refers to that God calms the storm and maketh the waves to still. Then Jesus says, peace, be still. And exactly that happens. And I think his little chavurim were sitting there. And... But let's go on. Mark chapter 4. Let's go, let's go back there. Mark chapter 4, 35. What time did I start? Anybody know? Huh? Quarter, quarter till 10. Okay. Um, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. Okay, and then it says, And they feared, verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said one to uh, uh, another. They started to talk. They said, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, what picture did those little, did those young men that followed Jesus, what picture did they have of the sea? Whose power was the sea? The devils. It's the abyss, says Luke. And I think this verse is implying that they're saying, what man is this that even the power of the devil is subject to Jesus? You don't think that's true? Let's read on. What happened next? And they came, and because the very first thing that happened, the very first thing that happened, when they came over to the other side, Jesus stepped out of the boat, and here come a demon-possessed man. And I think Jesus was laying a foundation for his disciples of what was going to happen. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, I mean, it had to be somewhere right, right there. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, it doesn't say shortly after, Immediately there met him a man. There met him man out of the there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. 
because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tomb, crying and cutting himself with, with stones. And when he, the demon-possessed man, saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now imagine... Those Jewish young men have never been over there a day in their life. It's only not three miles. But they've never been over there because that place is so pagan. And Jesus takes them out on the sea, and the first thing that happens is he goes back, and Jesus goes back and sleeps, and there, there arises a storm, and he calms the storm, and he comes over there, and the first thing that happens there is a demon-possessed man come out. Now, if you read Matthew, Mark chapter 5, it always is implying Jesus stepped out of the boat. Jesus spoke. Jesus gave him his cloak. Jesus, I believe the twelve never left the boat. They were still sitting in it. Now, here, put yourself in that place. And what I'm bringing out here is Jesus was preparing those young men for something. Here they were sitting, and Jesus, I mean, and, and they had just come through the storm, and Jesus had calmed the storm, and they were amazed. They were like, oh, okay, we're finally on, on, on land. They come up on land, and here comes that demon-possessed man screaming at the top of his lungs, an evil, demonic scream. Come running, stark naked, long beard, long hair, uncombed, unkept, hands were scarred and bleeding. And Jesus, stepped, Jesus had just stepped out, and those 12 were sitting there. And here he come, running. And he fell at his feet and worshipped him. And I see the 12 sitting there with eyes as big as saucers. They had never seen anything like this. And Jesus never flinches. I mean, that's my, I mean, I'm sure he never, he just stood there and watched him. And it says, okay, if you go on, on down and read, it says, Jesus said un, uh, unto him, verse 7, he cried with a loud, and here's what he said, he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now, this city that is over there on that hill is called Susita, S U S I T A. Susita. And it says, history says that Susita was the home of the 10th legion of the Roman army. That was where they were based. And their symbol of that legion was a pig with tusks. And it says, And he said unto him, Come out of that man, thou unclean spirit. And he, the demon-possessed man, asked, uh, no, Jesus asked him, What is thy name? And he answered and saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much, that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountain a great herd of pigs, uh, a great herd of swine feeding. 
And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave him leave, and, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down into a, down a steep place into the sea. Now why did the pigs, why was the pigs the place where the demons wanted to go to? Because the pigs were the sacrifice of the pagan god. That's the pig, that, that, that's the animal that they sacrificed. Jews sacrificed lambs. Pig was an unclean animal. The devils asked to go into the pigs and then look where the pigs ran to. Where did the pigs run to? Into the sea. Metaphor of hell. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And to think that the Roman symbol of the 10th legion was a pig. Jesus was making a clear statement, if not to anybody else, to his 12. That every power in heaven and earth is under my power. But he'd done it as a Jew. He drew, drew them pictures so they can see. He was, he was preparing them. Now, just as a side, side note, the story of the, of the prodigal son. In, in Jewish history, now I haven't found this, that's just what they tell me. That is a true story before Jesus' time. It did happen. But Jesus changed the ending. What, well, the real story was that the, the man had left and went to a far country and was, herding, and was feeding pigs. The same, same thing. I believe it was the same, same land, but I have no, right, no way of proving that. And he was feeding pigs. And finally he thought of home and he, well, he lost all his stuff and he spent it and he got to the pig pen and was, he, he wanted to eat the husks of the pig's food. Finally he thought of home. He was like, my father has servants who live a lot better life than I do. I want to go home to my father as a servant. So he goes home and his father meets him accidentally in town one day. And the son falls down before his father and pleads with him and asks, asks to be for, 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 for forgiven. He says, please, may I come home? Okay, thank you. May I come home? And the father cries and weeps and hugs him and says, son, I'd love to bring you home. But no, I can't, because you, you have violated the law of Moses and the law of God. You cannot come home. You have become a pagan, a Greek. Now that was the story that Jesus knew, and the son left, and the father left, and they never came back home. That was the law. Jesus comes and tells that same story and changes the ending. And I think his punchline was, well, the son, and it says the father watches, watched for, for him, seen him coming from afar off, and he ran to him, he hugged him and kissed him and said, my son, welcome home. Went home and threw a party. Everybody knew that the son had come home. And I think Jesus' punchline was, that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. 
its forgiveness. And that was a powerful story. That moved me. That that story was in the Jewish setting before Jesus arose, uh, before Jesus came, and because of his authority to interpret new teaching, he had the authority to use that as a parable and change the ending. And I think the people got, got the point, what he was saying. Now, Jesus, Jesus was preparing his 12 for something. And he took them over there and met that demon, that demon-possessed man. Now, If you would, turn to, I don't even have the scripture reference here. It's in Matthew, where Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi. Matthew. Here it is. Um, 16, verse 13. Now, Caesarea Philippi was a city just north of, 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 of Galilee, the north end of the Sea of Galilee. Caesarea Philippi was a city about 30 miles north. And it was founded when, when Alexander the Great came through. He left a couple of, a couple, a lot of his soldiers there to establish a pagan city. That was his goal, was to to bring the Greek worldview into the nation. Came through and he left his soldiers there and they established this city. Now, a lot of things happened there in, in that city, but when Herod the Great died, he will, and by the way, the other day when I was sharing about Herod the Great, I stopped and forgot to tell you the three. Then Herod the Great died. That was the Herod of Jesus' birth. He wanted to kill all the babies in Bethlehem, two years old and younger, to get Jesus. But God had already warned Joseph to leave. Then Herod died. And God told, told Joseph to come back. Now that was Herod the Great. That man that died there was the one that I was teaching you about that had all this stuff. Now, he had his kingdom will to his oldest son that still lived. He had his other two killed. His oldest son that still lived, he had willed his kingdom. A few days before he died, he knew he was dying. A few days before he died, he changed his mind. And he had his servants kill that son that he had his kingdom willed to and gave his kingdom to the next three sons. Archelaus, Antipas, and Philip. So there were four Herods. There are four Herods that you read about in the Bible. And it gets sort of confusing. But it's the father, Herod, and his three sons. Now... This city, Caesarea Philippi, when, his, when Herod the Great willed his kingdom to his three sons, um, Archelaus got the south, Antipas got the center, Philip had, 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 had the, the north. And Philip had no major city for his capital. So he said, Caesarea Philippi is the biggest, well actually, it wasn't called that at that time, it was called something else. But he said, that Greek city that is founded by Alexander the, 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 the Great is the biggest and the most, there, there, there are more people in that city and more people come to that, that city every year than any other city. I will make that city my, my, my capital. And he called his city Caesarea. 
Now, I don't know why, but somebody, according to history, got him persuaded to add his name behind it. So it's called Caesarea Philippi, which is the Greek way of saying Caesarea of Philip. Because there was already a Caesarea there, the one I showed you that Herod built on the Mediterranean Sea. Okay? So Caesarea Philippi was the capital of Philip's reign. Now Caesarea, does anybody know what the Greek word is? Neochorus. What does that, that, that mean? Does anybody know? Neochorus means it's the center of worship. Like, like the Vatican is to the Catholics, it's the center. It's Neochorus means people come. Jerusalem was Neochorus of the worship of God. It was the center of that worship. Now, Philippi was Neochorus, was the center of worship for the god Pan. Now, I'm going to try to be very, very, very modest here. But I need you to feel this. Neochorus was the center of worship for the god Pan. The god Pan was a human figure with a goat head. Start naked and in the most immoral way of standing that you can imagine. He was very immoral. And he was their god of fertility. Now, let me show you. Here is some uh, photos of that, of that city right now. The ruins are, are still there. Um, by the way, Caesarea Philippi, if you look on your map, if you have maps in the back of your Bibles, Caesarea Philippi is at the foot of Mount Hermon. Now, remember I told you the first day that the Jordan River is formed by three strings, three springs. Coming out of Dan, the city of Dan, there's a spring. At a foot of Mount Hermon, there's another spring. And then this spring here, uh, out of Caesarea Philippi. Those major springs form the Jordan River. And there was, right here, I'll, I'll show you this one here later. That's the spring that comes out of Caesarea Philippi today. In the year 1849, there was an earthquake there. And it rerouted the spring. That spring used to come out of that hole up, up there. They said 12 foot deep, 20 foot wide, and as strong as you can make it. And it never quit. It was a major, major spring. Now, and it would come out of that hole, and in their myth, they would say the god Pan would go into the underworld, into the Hades, eight months out of the year. Now remember I told you the other day that it rains there around Mount Hermon, about 20 to 24 inches of rain, what we get at home in Ohio, but it rains it all in four months. This is the place. Now, they would, 
in about uh, May, they would start worshiping and praying to the God of Pan for his, his fertility on the earth to make things grow, which is rain. Now, when, and in the myth, Pan had a wife. And it's an, another Greek name, but it's the same word for Asherah, Baal's wife. This is the, another version of Baal. Pan and Baal and Asherah. They, they, he had a wife. And I'm not going to say, say, say much, but it was very... By the act of human relationship, they tried to induce Pan and his wife to have relationship to, so it can rain and so things can grow. And to do that, they brought in, because the pan had a goat head, so he was the, the god of the goats. And they would bring in hundreds of goats, and in these little niches in the wall of the cave, that they're, they're, they're still there, was 50, about 40 or 50 little wives of pan. And, and there, it was all over the, 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 that cliff. And <clears throat> they would bring in these, these goats and with, with relationships with goats, if I may say it. They, humans had relationship with the goats to finalize the worship of Pan. All right, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to go further. I needed you to feel how pagan that place was. It was immoral. And here was the hole where the god Pan used to go into, in the myth, to, 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 to live. Josephus writes that they dropped, now I told you that he <laughs> exaggerates, Josephus writes that they dropped a rope 10,000 miles long into that hole and never, never hit bottom. Now, clearly exaggeration, but everybody says they have never found a bottom. He was bringing out a point. That spring has no, it's, nobody knows where it goes to. So it was perfect for the myth. Now Jesus comes, okay, uh, can we have a little lights back, Trav? Jesus goes there. Verse, verse 13 says, and when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, and that phrase right there is enough to scare a Jew. Because a Jew, if found in Caesarea Philippi, was a, an outcast because you do not go to Caesarea Philippi. Imagine those little men coming from the insula, household of godly, godly Jews. They have never been to Caesarea Philippi. They always have heard of Caesarea Philippi and they always were taught never to go there. You can still find today in Rabbi's writings, Hillel and Shammai, in the, uh, just before Christ, that when the Messiah of God will come, he will destroy the powers of Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus says, come, let's go. And Jesus walks 30 miles north and comes to the edge of Caesarea Philippi. 
Now, it says here, and Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and the other Jeremiah, or one of the, of, of, of the prophets. And he says unto them, yeah, I know, but who do you say that I am? And now look who talked. He was the oldest. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. That's very, very unusual for a Jew to say living God, because there is only one. When the Jews say God, I, thought, I think Peter was saying, You are the Son of the living God, not that junk. And then look what Jesus says. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He is saying, okay, Peter, you are right. And the, and the, the acknowledgement that I am the Son of God was brought to you by God himself. Now, this hole here, to this day, is called, uh, I heard this message preached many times on, on this name, but I can, I, I mean, and I, I, I have no problem with it. What they said was true, but I think as, the same as that verse that Jesus said, come unto me all, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. There's something else in it. This hole is called the gate of hell. The gate of Hades, says Greek. Because that's where Pan goes to, to go into the underworld. That's his gate. That's where he go, goes through. Okay? And he says here, I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church. Now we could go on in that. The Catholics think one thing, and but I won't, I, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, remember what Hillel and Shammai wrote. They said, when the Messiah comes, the powers of Caesarea Philippi will fall. Because there is no room for such a pagan city in the same country, in the same nation, as the one from God. He will destroy it. And Jesus says, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now let me ask you this. In the ancient times, what do gates do in a city? What is the purpose to have gates? Well, that was inside the gates, but the reason for the gates was to keep the enemy out, right? Gates don't fight. Uh, gates don't... Okay, I lost my, my, my train of thought. The gates are made to, to, to keep the enemy out. The gates don't fight, they defend. And if the gates from hell are defending, who is fighting whom? The church is fighting the gates of hell. Now... Jesus had an interesting way to fight. But history shows us over and over, if we fight the way 
the kingdom of God was meant to fight in, the gates of hell cannot stand. They will fall. And it wasn't with a sword. I will show you later how those 12 fought. And they got the point. And I think our problem is we are so busy in our churches trying to keep the enemy out that we don't have the time to go out in his turf and keep him there. I believe we should, and our way of fighting should not be, well, you clearly heard Matthew 5 and 6. But there is a way to fight. Go pray with the drunk on the street. Bring the kingdom. That is fighting the devil. Go to the nursing homes. And if the room smells like urine, pray with the old man. Go to prisons. Pray with... That's fighting the kingdom of God. That's fighting hell. It's bringing... The gates of hell will not be able to stand if we as Christians fight the way the kingdom of God was meant to be fought in. It has to fall. I want to show you, and by the way, I, won't, I don't have time, actually I'm, I'll wrap up here short, sh shortly, but when those 12 left Israel, and went into Asia Minor. Caesarea Philippi looked like seventh grade. Paul came to Ephesus, left, left Timothy there. And their center of worship alone in Ephesus was 40 acres. Just worship. This was one God. In Ephesus, they had gods of all sorts, and they were all as immoral. And Paul went in there, and he caused such a stir that the people of Ephesus rushed to the Colosseum and screamed for two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! King James says, Diana, right? Or Diana? Artemis is, is the same God. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Great for two hours. Turn to Acts 19. And when the disciples left and came to those cities, they found exactly the same thing that they found in Susita and found in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus was preparing them for, for, for this. Verse 35. And when the clown, town's clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how the city of Ephesus, and that's a whole story behind that, is a worshiper of the great goddess D D Diana, and then the, this is that story, and of the image that fell down from Jupiter. Verse 36. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, Ye ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. Then verse 37. For ye have brought hither these men, Paul and his men, which are neither robbers 
of the churches, nor blasphemers of your goddess. Don't tell me that Paul never mentioned that Diana wasn't a god. That's what he says. He says, Paul never blasphemed Diana. You know what Paul did? He preached the truth. And Jewish history says Paul was never accused of, of blaspheming their God. Never. Paul came in and simply gave them the truth, and all of a sudden they realized, you know what? This must not be the true God. And the people were saying he's blaspheming, and the townsfolk said he never blasphemed once. He just preached the truth. And I have been challenged with this if I meet a Muslim. I don't have to explain to him what Muhammad is not. Only thing I have to do is give him Jesus. And he will recognize. And that's partly how the kingdom of God was formed. And just simply giving, giving them truth and letting them handle their, their c -c -c confusion. Put them in a, in a turmoil because they can't both be right. Just give them truth. You don't have to knock what they think. Now, Stephen, and this is how the gates of hell will fall. This is how the gates of hell fell and will fall. Stephen was stoned. James was beheaded by Herod. And according to Clemens of Alexandria, the ex executioner was converted because of the love that he seen in James and was killed with him. Philip was stoned. James, the brother of Jesus, was pushed out of the temple window and then clubbed to death. Barnabas was drugged out of the town by a rope around his neck and was burned in the island of Cy 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 Cyprus, where he, that's originally where he, where he came from. Mark was drugged with tongs outside of town. They had tongs hooked into his flesh, and they were dragging him outside of town. And Martyr's Mirror says that the rocks that they were drug, he was drugged over was caked with flesh, just a blood trail. And he died before he got him to the stake. Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded in Rome. Andrew was, was, was cru crucified. Bartholomew was tortured greatly and then forlaid alive the same way I told you the other day. They would start at his neck, take a sharp knife, and go down over, over his hips, down over his legs, all the way down to his feet. Go over an inch and make another cut and tear a hole, get a hold of that flesh and tear it off. He was forlaid alive, and then he was still, still living. And then they took a big, a big knife and, and cut his head off. Thomas was tormented with red-hot plates cast into a furnace, and his side pierced with spears. 
Simon the Zealot, and his brother Judas. One was crucified and the other one was clubbed. Matthias tied to a cross, not nailed, but tied to a cross, and then beheaded. Matthew was stoned and then and then beheaded. Luke hung from an olive tree and he died. John, after severe persecution, died a natural death. Now the question I want to leave with you, that is the kind of fighting that the kingdom of God will prevail against the devil and his, and his strength. But the question I want to ask you is, am I and are you in the condition spiritually that if someone would walk in right now and I know in 10 minutes they would chop off my head, would I be in the shape spiritually with my relationship with Jesus Christ that I would say, here I am. And that's the challenge I want to leave with you. Now, I don't know. I'm still young. 27 years old. John, he is older. Manuel is older. <coughs> the other day, I came to realization. You know, the church of Jesus Christ will be pretty soon left in your hands and in my hands. We are the younger and if 12 disciples, I, I dare to say every one of them was 25 years and younger, changed the whole world in the way they, they... By the way, I forgot to tell you. Asia Minor, if I can find it. Turn with me to Acts. Well, no, I, I, I don't know where. In Acts, when Paul went to preach at the... Uh, at the uh, a place of Tyrannius. It was like a library. He went there to study. It says he, he, um, not, not pondered, but he argued is what it means. He argued with everybody daily concerning the kingdom of God. And I think but John, he read that the first morning. He was, he was teaching them the kingdom of God. And it says in three years, all all Asia heard the word of God. Now if 12 of them can go out and just make that all the Greeks hear the word of God, what do you think could we do here? With, what have we got, 80 some? Now I know, that was under the power of the Holy Spirit. That was, I, I, I know. But sometimes I think if we would get out of our minds the pleasures and the fun things in life and be consumed in the kingdom of God, the church of Jesus Christ would grow. In my circles, I don't know about yours, I don't know much about your, your circles, but in my circles, we spend hundreds of dollars to go snow skiing. We spend hundreds of dollars to buy a boat and rope and skis to go water skiing. And by the way, I can do both of them. I did it. Will I ever snow ski again? Probably not. Will I ever water ski again? Probably not. I love them. 
But every time I am involved in that sort of stuff, now I have no, I have absolutely no problem with a father going out with his son and, you know, but I'm talking about going for a week trip to Colorado on Schweitzer Mountain in Idaho and go skiing. Spend hundreds of dollars. Is that building the kingdom of God? The kingdom of, the, the gates of hell are not fought with pleasure. They're fought with blood. If, if uh, 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 America goes down, which I think we are on the way down in our Christian nation, on the tombstone of America, I believe it will say they entertained themselves to death. I don't know, can you feel my heart? But I want to leave that with you because I'm one of you. And I know the pressures of the world that we're in. I love to hunt. And it's, I don't think it's wrong to hunt, but if that takes my time and my perspective away from the kingdom of God, hunting has become sin. And if I keep that in that perspective, I... I'm not saying that it's wrong, but we have to keep the kingdom of God first. Would everybody stand, please? Now you can understand the burden of my heart of that song. The I. I, 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 cannot, I, I cannot implant in your mind deep enough the paganness that we've seen where Timothy was the leader of a church. Very, very young. Actually, I was there and I seen the sculptures still there laying in the grass. And even for me to look at them made my stomach twist. So ungodly. But in that setting is where they grew up. Where they brought up the church of God. And they went through struggles, through all, all, all kinds of problems. But then they fought the kingdom of God by the blood of their lives. Let's, and as I leave here, I, I just want to, 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 to say to you all that I, I enjoyed my time here very much. I, I learned right with you. For me to teach this is not, I know it and you don't. It's I'm sharing a little from what I know, and by me sharing it, I learn so much. And that's what happened this week in my life. Let's sing, sing, sing this song and remember, in 25 years, many of us will be leaders. Okay? Far down the ages now, much of our journey done. The pilgrim church pursues her way until the crown be.